Welcome to the Financial Futurist Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Schenker, the Financial Futurist. Bloomberg News ranks me one of the top financial forecasters in the world in my role as the president of Prestige Economics. I'm also the chairman of the Futurist Institute. And on this podcast, we talk about markets, business, and future technology. This is the Financial Futurist Podcast. This week on the Financial Futurist Podcast, we're talking about trade, tariffs, equity markets, and jobs. We'll cover these subjects and more, all on this week's episode of the Financial Futurist Podcast. Last week, a few important things happened. First, there was a presidential proclamation issued for steel and one issued for aluminum that placed tariffs on both of those metals. A 25% import duty will be levied on steel imports into the United States across a number of categories, and the duty on aluminum will be 10%. There are a few caveats here that we've pointed out to our clients in a number of reports this week, and the first is that this does not apply to all products made of steel and aluminum. It applies primarily to ingot and and unfinished metals, semi-finished and finished products. In other words, manufactured goods made from steel and aluminum are not the targets here. It's more on the raw material side. Additionally, scrap metal has not been targeted. Now, despite these limitations on the targets of the tariffs coming into the U.S., other countries are likely to respond and they could target finished products from the U.S. They could target semi-finished, they could target scrap metal, they could target items that aren't even metal. There were a number of news stories highlighting that the Eurozone was considering putting tariffs on blue jeans or bourbon in order to target the U.S. market. One positive limitation on the tariff proclamations is that Canada and Mexico have been excluded for now. This is really important because putting import tariffs on goods from Mexico and Canada could completely blow up NAFTA. And NAFTA has been really important for the U.S. economy, Canadian economy, and Mexican economy. Of course, there are some regions within the United States where it's been more critical. For example, I'm based in Texas, and for the Texas economy, NAFTA is a massive benefit and blowing it up would be very negative for the U.S. economy. But even though Mexico and Canada have been excluded, that doesn't mean that this won't be part of the future renegotiation of NAFTA. It's likely to be a cornerstone of future negotiations and a bit of leverage that the U.S. has. But while it's all quiet on the Western Hemisphere trade front, other countries are still likely to punch back as these tariffs have now been proclaimed and will soon be implemented. What that reciprocation of tariff increases from other countries looks like isn't quite clear yet, but there's likely to be some blowback. A couple other important things happened this week, one more related to this and one less so, is that before the proclamations were issued, the economic advisor to President Trump, Gary Cohn, resigned his position, largely as a disagreement over this sort of trade move, which is likely to be generally bad for business, especially as we see reciprocations globally. Moving away from a free trade era is something that will have costs, and the supply chain of the global economy, the U.S. economy, and every individual country has been optimized around the current system and the expectation the current system would remain in place. Changing that current system will cause ripples and dislocations in the U.S. supply chain and the global supply chain and the supply chain of other countries we trade with. And while in the end there may be different winners and losers, in the short term there may be more losers, a lot more 
more losers than winners as the readjustments suffer fits and starts from uncertainty. And of course, there's also downside risk to business investment where the uncertainty could result in businesses holding back on investment. And that's something that can slow GDP growth. We see this more of a 2019 risk than a 2018 risk, but it's out there and it's real. At the end of last week, there's a data point sort of unrelated to this, which was the U.S. jobs report. It came out on Friday, 313,000 net new jobs were added in the month of February. It was a blowout number by any measure. Labor force participation rates went up. And from an interest rate perspective, the year-over-year wage gains also decelerated slightly from 2.8 to 2.6% year-over-year. But while the jobs report was good, this other tariff stuff is something more forward-looking. And the jobs report's essentially the current situation, more of a coincident economic indicator, but it is quite positive. This is reflected in a bifurcated set of responses in equity markets, where the Dow remains under pressure, but the NASDAQ hit new highs on Friday. The NASDAQ, of course, is more technology exposed rather than industry exposed. And the Dow is more exposed to the industrial part of the economy and the more capital intensive part of the economy. In past equity market moves, what we've seen is that the NASDAQ tends to over-respond both on the upside and the downside. It's often because the companies in it have very high multiples. Those expectations can ratchet very high and very low very quickly. It's essentially trading leverage of a sort. For the Dow, this is less of an issue because the company's multiples are not as large as those on the NASDAQ, so you don't necessarily get as high a big upswing, but you also don't necessarily get as big a downdraft. We saw this in market moves in 2015 and 20. 16 and throughout 2017. Essentially, there's just a higher beta on the NASDAQ. Looking forward, the trend of lower highs that we've seen in the Dow remains something to watch. Downward trend that persists much longer would be a greater cause for concern and reflective of sentiment and risk expectations around trade and tariffs. In the now, everything looks good. The ISM manufacturing index, consumer confidence, the labor market, those look great. There are a couple pockets of concern like new home sales, which weakened recently and will need to be watched for further moves. But the trade and tariff stuff is a bigger, more ominous risk factor than sort of near-term growth risks. And it's something that could really rock the apple cart. For now, things look pretty good, but in the next few weeks, the most important data to watch for will be proclamations and announcements from other countries, countries that the United States trades with, about tariffs. And if there's a lot of them, equity markets and even commodity markets are likely to respond very bearishly. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Futurist Podcast with me, Jason Schenker, the Financial Futurist. You can follow me on Twitter at Prestige Econ. And check out my website, jasonschenker.com. On jasonschenker.com, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter to make sure you're getting the latest and most important information about markets, business, and future technology. Until next week.